welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is March 22nd, 2023. I'm Rick Morton, and this is the Defender Podcast. We're so glad that you've joined us again today on the Defender Podcast. We are in the midst of a three-part series uh, that we're doing and walking through, um, talking about uh, a subject which is heavy, um, but a subject in which there's there's a great amount of hope. And so we're we're talking about grief, but we're talking about grief in the context of the gospel and uh, the way that the Lord uses and redeems our grief and just really, really excited today about the opportunity to talk to uh, Lane J- Jackson and Melinda Nell. Uh, Lane is one of our adopted moms, and she and Craig are a couple that uh, that we at Lifeline have come to love and um, just love their story and all the things that the Lord has done through them and in their life. And uh, we're going to just unpack that and kind of talk about the journey, um, you know, for adoption. And Melinda is one of our incredible social workers and and somebody who is um, is excellent at walking with families through all of the ups and downs of adoption. You know, I can say personally that, you know, one of the things we know about having a, a story and a family that, that our story is made through adoption is that um, grief is an undeniable part of our story. It's like, it's, it's like, it's part of the, it's part of the journey. There are things that are broken and to be grieved that are part of the story that we can't deny, but the Lord brings beauty out of all of that grief. And so that's really what we're focusing on um, today. Before we get there, it is our, our duty um, to tell you about some great things that are going on at Lifeline. And today we want to focus on talking about our North Macedonia program. Uh, Lifeline is is relaunching our program to North Macedonia in international adoption. We did a podcast on that several weeks ago. If you're interested in knowing more about North Macedonia, you can actually check out the international update that we did a couple of weeks ago that can give you some more information. But we're we're interested in working with families that would agree to be pilot families to walk through what is really a new program in North Macedonia. You can find out more information by visiting the show notes or by going to lifelinechild.org backslash international dash adoption. That's lifelinechild.org backslash international dash adoption. Or you can check us out in the show notes to find out more and to learn how to apply. And so I am really, really thankful for uh, the Jackson family and for the opportunity lane to be able to talk to you today and, and for us to um, to just hear a little bit more about the story of your family and uh, the journey that the Lord has had you on and um, and just to hear about the beautiful way that the Lord's brought you to the place that, that you are today. And so thanks so much for for joining us today and, and joining in this conversation. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited to be here and share our story. I am. Well, I, we are we're terribly excited. We're, we miss Craig today. So we're going to be thinking about him, but know that you're going to represent for the whole family. Uh, and then Melinda's going to kind of join us along the way as well, just to talk a little bit from the lifeline side and from, you know, from the social work side about kind of walking with your family. And, and 
part of the reason we're doing this is to is just to highlight the fact that in the adoption process, one of the things that we all know is we don't do this alone. Like there are there are people and there's community built in. And part of what God has allowed us to be able to build here at Lifeline is a ministry that brings a sense of community to the community that you already have in your adoption process. And we're pretty excited about being able to kind of pull back the curtain and expose a little bit of that through your telling of your story. But let's let's just kind of start right there. And Lane, I'd love for you to just kind of tell us a little bit about your family and a little bit of the kind of the beginning point of your journey in adoption. Yeah, Um, Craig and I were married in 2010 and we knew immediately that we wanted to have children. Um, We both have siblings and um, we knew that family was just important to us and we wanted to grow our family. What we didn't know was that it would be a really long road, a very long road. And we would have a lot of heartbreak throughout that road and grief is loss. And we experienced a lot of loss, but God was so faithful. And we um, started our adoption journey in the spring of 2018. Before that, we had um, sought fertility treatment from 20, around 2010 to 2018. So we had had a good bit of loss through that, just the loss of realizing that we probably wouldn't have biological children. And one thing I want to share, I knew that this process of adoption was God ordained from the very beginning. Um, once we decided to adopt, when we realized that we would not have biological children prior to that, we were not for adoption. Honestly, it was just not something that we really understood enough about. Uh, we had fears that were not really founded in anything, but probably just myths that we had heard. And it's not how we wanted to grow our family. But after we had sought treatment from our third fertility specialist, um, we knew that road had come to a, a dead end. And I just began to pray that God would show us how we would grow our family. I knew that Craig wanted to be a father. I wanted to be a mother. And we knew that that was something that God had placed in our hearts. Um, So I began to pray and God began to put different people in my path, different adoptive mothers, and uh, met with them and just began to pray fervently um, how we would have a child. I began to realize that it was through adoption. Craig was not on board with me at that time, and I knew that, um, but I prayed that God would change his heart because it needed to come from him. It needed to come from God, not just something that me as a wife really wanted. Um, And I know that Craig wanted children too, but I began to pray that God would change Craig's heart. And I prayed that without wavering for three months. And I will never forget the evening that we were sitting at our dining room table and Craig out of the blue looked at me and he said, if we are going to have children, I firmly believe it's through adoption. And that is a conversation that I reflected on many times through our adoption journey, just because I knew it was God's will for us to have complete peace, totally separately and to come together as one as husband and wife and realize, Hey, we are going to have children, but it's going to be through adoption. That was just awesome. And that is how God really started our adoption journey. And little did I know we would need that confirmation many times throughout the journey because it was hard. But 
I think that God just used that in a powerful way. And the next day, Craig went online and filled out an initial form and we started our next <laughs> in a few weeks. So it was just like, okay, here we are. Let's go for it. And that was kind of our attitude throughout the journey. So we completed our home study that year and um, had our profile books. And that's when we, um, the transition from Bethany to Lifeline in Mississippi. And so we were you know, on board with that. And um, we had a little bit of a detour because a family saw uh, one of our books that we had and approached us about adopting a baby that their daughter was um, pregnant with. She had just found out she was pregnant. And um, she did not want to go through an agency, but she was scheduled for an abortion that week. So we gladly met with her and we followed her through the whole pregnancy. And we brought home in November of 2019, we brought home a sweet baby girl. And um, we had that little girl for two weeks before her birth mom decided that she did not want to terminate rights that she wanted to parent. And that was hard. That was our community was totally behind us, our church family, um, our family, our friends. But having a baby that you saw grow for nine months and having her in your house for two weeks and then having to give her back to her birth mom, that was hard. But we knew that that was still God's purpose and plan for us and that he is a faithful God um, and that he would see us through and that we would eventually have our forever baby that we would raise. So, um, you know, Lifeline gave us the opportunity. They said, you know, we know this is a grief process for you right now. We can take your name back. You know, we can just hold your name right now. We don't have to show your profile. And Craig and I both agreed. No, like we are in this. This is our purpose. And Craig said, you know, they may have gone through with an abortion if we had not been right where we were at that moment. And that he firmly believes that was God's gift to us to have that sweet baby girl in our house for two weeks. Um, and so we just moved forward and we were matched again in March of 2020, right around COVID. And there again, she decided to parent. And so that was, um, it was a little boy and we, you know, went for ultrasounds and doctor's appointments and that failed. She decided to parent there. Um, we continued with our process into summer of 2020. We were matched again with a baby girl and she decided to parent. And then there was a lull with everything. And I began recording just a diary, making recordings. It was easier for me to, to record rather than write. And so I started doing that throughout this process. And I've reflected on that several times. Um, and I would continue to record and know that God was faithful and that he, he was working. So we were not matched again until August of 2021. And that kind of started a very hard process of we had three matches in a row and all three failed August of 2021, October of 2021, and then November of 2021. They were just back to back to back. And, you know, one of those, we spent the night in the hospital and one of those, we were on the way to get our baby girl and turned around and 
um, I remember my mom looking at me and she was like, how much more, you know, you've had six failed, how much more? And I said, with each fail, we were one closer to getting our forever. And, um, it was December of 2021. Uh, I recorded a little diary snippet again on December 11th. I went back and looked at that not long ago. And my prayer in that was that we would have a Christmas miracle and it would be a drop-in that we would get a call, um, from Melinda <laughs> saying that we had a drop-in and, um, that later that week, that's pretty much what happened. Um, our baby girl was born December 15th and Melinda called us Saturday, December 18th to come pick up our little girl at 2 PM. And that was just the most amazing. Um, I have no words because she was number seven. She was our complete miracle. And, um, when I hung up or Melinda asked me, she said, is Craig close by? And yes. <laughs> and she was on speakerphone and I will never forget her words. Come get your little girl. And we did. It's apparently very dusty in here where, where I'm sitting right now. Um, I'm just, uh, I'm tearing up just hearing the, the faithfulness of God in, um, in your story. And, um, and just so appreciative of, um, just to see the way that the Lord directed your steps and, and the way that the Lord sustained you through, you know, through the process. I think we talked to families in the preparation process about, you know, things that things that you pointed out in the midst of your story that, you know, that idea of knowing that this is something God's called you into that, that, you know, undeniably. And I think for, you know, for our family, um, our story is very similar to yours. And, and so Denise and I walked through, you know, very similar circumstances with, um, you know, with infertility, we walked through similar circumstances and not really, you know, in the beginning, kind of being on the same page about adoption and watching the Lord bring unity out of that is such a beautiful thing. I think we also know that there have been necessary points along the way in our journey where we needed that unity. And we needed to be able to go back to that moment and say, we know undeniably that the Lord has called us to this. And so therefore he's with us and, and we can, you know, we can persevere. Yes. Another thing that, you know, that we, we say in the, in the process, and I love the, the idea of the audio journal and, and like recording that in audio like, girl, you go on like we need we need because I, because we talk all the time about and, and, and really kind of counsel families to say, hey, keep the record of the things that God's doing in your heart and through the twists and turns along the way, how you see the faithfulness of the Lord in, you know, in your process. And I think I said it just, you know, a, a month or so, a couple of months ago when we had our last group in for Rooted in Love, that God did that for Israel. Right. There were so many of these moments along the way where he said, build an altar here and building an altar was about remembering, you know, what he had done. And so I'd love just really quick um, for folks that are, you know, kind of maybe not thinking that way, but just kind of talk a little bit about the discipline. What did it look like for you to, you know, to make those recordings and kind of kind of do that along the way? And how did it work for you? 
Um, an easy way that I, and when I started doing this, I first recorded the very one in our nursery, our empty nursery, because mm-hmm. that's throughout the journey that um, I would read that people had empty nurseries just as a sign of faith. I never wanted an empty nursery. Like that was just not something I didn't want that reminder, but then we had that and I could, I didn't want to get rid of it. We, we were going to have another baby. So, um, I recorded the very first one in our empty nursery after we gave, um, the, our two week old little girl up. Um, and then from there, I thought this, I, I need to continue this. This this is good. This is healing. And one day I will, like you said, I will look back and reflect. So an easy way for me, because Sundays typically were a time of reflection um, right before church, uh, you know, whether we had had our profile shown that week or we had had a failed match or we were matched and didn't know what the future would hold. I would get in my car about 10, 15 minutes early for church Craig sings in the choir and plays the drums in our worship band. So he had already gone. So it was just me and I would get in the car and I would record. And it was just a good time to reflect and to be with God and to have strength from God for that next week. And I haven't watched all of them yet, um, but I hope to compile them one day. But it, I would really recommend doing it because I never would take the time to write things down. But it was very healing each week just to and sometimes I would skip a week or two or three. But then I would always come back and catch up where we were. And I think that's that's part of um that's that's it. Like, I think sometimes we think about this and it has to be this regimented kind of thing or it has to be. And and the truth is that it's it's really just kind of along the way, being careful to kind of preserve what it is that the Lord is doing and what the Lord's teaching along the way with with our kids now and, and us being kind of on the complete end of the spectrum from where you, from where you guys are and and having kids that are in, in their 20s now, that journaling has turned into an incredible gift for our kids. And so we've been able to share with them and it's really been helpful to us to remember just the faithfulness of God, to remember the details of the story and to, to be able to invest in them hearing the little details of God's faithfulness and the way that the Lord, you know, just kind of move through the process and for them to have that sense of assurance that they're in the right place and the right family and that God, you know, God ultimately had purpose in, in, you know, bringing us to them and them to us and, and all of that. And so, yeah, thanks for, thanks for sharing that. Cause I think that's a, that that's an incredible thing. And for families that are out there, they're early in the process and families that are kind of walking through that's a that's a great thing to you know to begin now. Well, Melinda is here as well, and one of the one of the blessings was um, that Melinda, you got to walk with the Jacksons through a portion of their process, and so there were there were several people that kind of were a part of this journey along the way, but you were there for um, a significant period, and so would love to just you know from from your side. What did it look like to walk with a family who was walking through grief faithfully in this process? I've just been so excited to share um, about their story and what the Lord has done um, ever since I first started walking with them. And um, as y'all have heard Lane share, just the years of waiting and the 
many, many transitions they went through during that. I mean, agency transitions, multiple social workers, um, obviously the the matches and the placements and um, so many things that changed, so many ups and downs, but I never saw them waver on their trust and their full belief that he was constant through all of that. Just years of nothing looking the same month after month, week after week and getting, you know, so much news, so many changes, but knowing that that he was constant through it. And so being able to walk alongside this family, just exactly like what you said, just faithfulness and surrender to this process, you know, as she talked through the grief and the waiting you know, there there are hard days. There are days where um, you do feel discouraged and you do feel um, sort of a loss of hope. But um, so I, I sit with them in that. Um, I never want to gloss over that and pretend like that's not real because it is. Um, and so we know this process and it isn't easy. We know it's um, a very spiritual journey, um, highs and lows. And so I'm um, just acknowledging that um, waiting on the Lord is not easy, but he does give us everything that we need. And so just being able to encourage them in that, um, you know, specifically being able to speak into their lives that he has equipped you for this specific journey and just being able to share it on the back end is so incredible because this is definitely not the story they would have written for themselves, but to be able to to tell it and just to say, like, come and see what the Lord has done, you know, is, is incredible. So um, just sitting with them in those hard days um, and then just reminding them to rely on the truth of his word. They were already doing that, but to be able to just have an extra layer of, of reminding them to do that um, and where our hope ultimately comes from, um, that we can trust in his sovereignty and and have hope in the midst of a process that may feel hopeless. Um, you know, I, I, really worked with them on the latter end of their process. Um, so you would think I would be starting to work with a family that was just completely downtrodden and completely hopeless, but that is not at all what I met them and immediately knew that, man, you would have thought they started yesterday. Um, they were just so reliant on the Lord and so completely surrendered to his good work in their family. Um, it really challenged my faith. So it was such a joy and a privilege to walk with them through this, um, through this process and through the rest of the coming months. Um, another, you know, placement um, match and um, things that ultimately didn't work out for what we thought it would, but for his glory. Um, and I just also want to say, is you hear her tell the story of all of these matches and, and all these expectant families they got to, whether it was interact with on Zoom, via email or letters or in person, like the that was seven, you know, seven expectant moms, expectant families that were loved on. And that was the Lord's good and perfect will. Um, and so I don't want that to be lost on us. Like, yes, like Layla ultimately came into their family, but the ministry and the good work that they have done for years um, that has ripple effects. And that was for his glory and for his name's sake. And even if we don't get to see maybe all the fruits of that, um, we can just trust and believe that he he did that work and he was planting those seeds and they were supposed to be in all of those, those families' lives. I have a, a dear retired missionary friend who um, has 
their story is pretty incredible and there are a lot of twists and turns along the way. And he says something often uh, when we talk that it seems appropriate right now. And it's that God didn't waste anything, um, that everything that the Lord allows us to walk through and everything that he walks through with us, he ultimately redeems and uses for his glory. And so in the spirit of that, Lane, what what did the Lord teach you along the way? through the weight and the grief and all the things we've talked about, what did, what did the Lord teach you about himself? And really the mind is just purpose in the pain and purpose in the loss and the grief. And just to echo what Melinda said, that's really what Craig and I just one day looked at each other and we realized there is purpose in every profile that we see in every match that we are matched with, because those birth moms, we prayed and prayed for the birth mom, the families that were surrounding those birth moms, the babies. And, you know, those are prayers they would not have received. And that's what we had to just step back and say, there is a, we're in this, God is using us and how just awesome and how humbling to know that God is using you. And even though outcomes for a long time were not what we anticipated and prayed for and hoped, those birth moms were still getting love through our prayers and and they desperately needed them. And um, they were probably in situations that they may not have been getting a lot of prayers otherwise. And so that's what we just had to step back and say, really, it's not about us. And yes, we want more than anything when we're in this journey, more than anything to have our baby. But we realized when it just kind of lingered on and lingered on that there was a greater purpose and that God was using us. And a lot of times you can step back and say, oh, I don't know that I was really in his will as I should have been. But this is one situation where Craig and I can both look back and say we genuinely followed his will throughout the whole journey. And Craig and I did. We leaned on each other. There were times when I would say, yes, we want our profile to be shown to this birth mom. And Craig was like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. And we worked together and really sought God's will in in each of those. So that's one thing that that I can genuinely say and 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 know that we we were faithful in that time. You know, as we think about now. Um, and kind of fast forward in, you know, in the story and you've got your sweet daughter that is uh, at home and a part of your family. But um, God hasn't stopped using your story and hasn't stopped using all of that. Um, maybe talk a little bit about how God has continued to use what he built and what he helped you to walk through and experience. How's the Lord allowing you to use that to encourage others and to point people toward Jesus in this season of life? Our journey, um, thankfully, we decided early on that it would not be a quiet journey. We did not blast it everywhere, but we knew we needed support. So we were very open with our families, with our church family, and um, they saw the different process of grief that we experienced through our matches. They not everyone knew about every match and every fail and everything. But by the time that we got our sweet Layla, our Christmas miracle, everybody knew that it had not been the easiest process. Um, so thankfully they were able to see God's faithfulness through that. 
and they continue to see that. Um, Layla is African-American, so it's no surprise to anybody who sees us that she is adopted. And that has been the most beautiful thing that is very unexpected. Um, we changed our profile. I don't really remember when, but sometime throughout the process, we changed our profile um, to where we would accept an African-American child. That's not how we started out. We just did not know how he or she would be accepted. And that's what you want to think about when you are bringing a child into a house. When you adopt a child, you want to make sure that that child is accepted by the community. And words cannot express to you how loved our Layla is and how she has changed so many lives already at 15 months old. <laughs> she is dynamic. Her personality already is just one that you know has a purpose. God has a purpose for her. And I'm just very thankful that God has let us be a part of her journey because she is going to accomplish wonderful things. And she has a church family, um, a family, friends that just adore her. And we will go to eat um, just random place and an hour or two away. And the conversation that is started because of Layla and because it's very obvious that she's adopted is just phenomenal. And it all points to God. And to look back and to reflect back that he has used this in such a powerful way and will continue is just so amazing. And it's only something and only a story that God can create. And I'm so thankful to be a part of it. I, I love that perspective that um, one of the privileges I think we have as adoptive parents and as adoptive families is that there's no way that we can tell the story of how our family came to be that it doesn't kick the door wide open to talk about the gospel and to point to Jesus. And, and so what a, what a beautiful testimony in the midst of all this to say that, you know, that the Lord has, has created that and is now accomplishing that through Layla right. <laughs> and, and through, you know, through those interactions, as we kind of wind down um, today and, and wind down our conversation, um, I would just kind of open the floor to, to both of you to say, um, what might you share to encourage um, prospective adoptive families or families that are in the middle of their weight or, or, or maybe even today walking through grief? If you could just sit down beside them and, you know, grab a cup of coffee and have a minute with them, what, what is it that you would most want to say to them? Um. One thing that Melinda would tell me throughout the whole process, um, especially the last few months um, when we connected and then when we had fail after fail after fail um, with three matches and we were unknowingly waiting on Layla, she would continue to tell me, God wants to give you his best. And when I looked at Layla and I held her for the very first time, this is God's best for us. And that's hard to imagine when you're talking about a sweet baby well, how can this not be God's best for us? Why did this fail? But when God placed her in our arms, this was God's best for us. Layla was God's best for us. And that just has 
resonated throughout this whole process and that our God, the God that we serve, he's good always. He's faithful, he's able, and he's always for us. And that's something that I just wanted to say over and over. And then it became, even when it wasn't reality some days, it's true. And he is always faithful and able. Um, I think just thinking about their story and thinking about the ways that they faithfully sought the Lord and trusted him in this process, um, something I would love to share to encourage families um, in the middle of grief or waiting or an adoption process is I really watched them walk out, like I said, the last few months of this process when they had been in it for years and so much pain and so much heartache so much grief, but allowed the Lord to continue to keep their hearts softened. Um, their hearts were not hardened towards this process or towards the waiting. Like she said, there were days where some of this stuff didn't emotionally feel true, but knowing and trusting that his word is true, that he is faithful, that he is good and really remaining soft to the gospel and soft to that eternal perspective um, throughout these final months where it should have been the hardest time, like I would send an info summary or a situation of an expectant mom and they would pray over her and the situation and consider it like it was the first. And they didn't allow that grief and the things they had been through to harden them or to cause disbelief, but it just encouraged them and propelled them forward. And just to cling to that eternal perspective that if you are able to be in the lives of um, those walking through crisis or or for your story to be used for his gospel. Like if somebody comes to know him through your story, that's the best outcome that we could, we could envision. And I think that's the perspective they had throughout those years and those months, weeks and days. And, and that's what carried them um, was his goodness and his faithfulness and ultimately salvation and and the good news that we get to be a part of sharing. Um, and so I think that would be my biggest encouragement is to just follow that example and, and just pray that your hearts remain soft to the gospel and that to be your first and foremost, you know, that to be your goal, your end goal, always at the front of your mind. Wow. What an awesome conversation. Lane, thank you so much. Just so thankful for you, for uh, for your family, for you and Craig, and and for how um, how you pulled back the curtain and and helped us to um, be able to walk a little bit along with you through the process of of all that God did, and and now um, as you parent uh, Layla, and we look forward to staying connected with you guys and hearing the story and watching her grow up and, and just seeing all that the Lord's doing. And Melinda, thank you. Um, without, um, this is national social worker month, right? Like we we're, we're right at the tail end of national social worker month. And this is, it's stories like this that remind me, um, of why we love the social workers that God's placed at Lifeline so much. These are these are women that both are great, competent professionals, but godly women who love Jesus fiercely. You know, for families um, like Lane's and like mine, our families wouldn't be what we are uh, without without people like Melinda to pour into us and to come alongside our families. And so, we're incredibly grateful for the role that we get to play and that our our team get to play in the lives of families. And I feel like we get a front row seat to God doing so many incredible things and, and writing so many incredible stories. 
And so we're, we're thankful for you as well for joining us on the Defender podcast. We hope that you've been encouraged and we hope that you've been blessed by what you've heard. Uh, you can reach out and find us at lifelinechild.org or on all the major social media platforms. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to hear about um, you know your thoughts of today or, or ways that we might be able to minister to you. And we'll look forward to meeting you right back here again next week as we continue to share stories and the things that God's doing on behalf of the fathers. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information on how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.